Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. the Lord for his grace and mercy. Amen. I forgot to tell brother what this brother Tabang, brother Tabang, he wants to be baptized. Amen. One more time, give him a round of applause. You know, when a young man wants to be baptized in 2022, it is the grace of the Lord. It is the grace of God. And I know his testimony. He came, spent time with other young brothers here, and he said he compared the influence that he was exposed to at school with this young man that he met here at church. And he said in his heart, he said, I want to be like them. And moreover, it is, it is a privilege when still young people can come to church and see a difference. Some, in some churches you come, but you don't see a difference. Amen. But we appreciate the Lord. I know what it means. I'm still rejoicing because of your prayers about my younger brother. You know, I was home. We... We had a prayer. We had family altars every day. He never missed even one. Amen. And Wednesday, we had a, a tape service with the rest of you that joined. Thursday, we had another one for the family. And he was there. And to hear him close after the tape service with prayer, you have no idea of what it does to my heart. You, you know, 
if you have ever stayed with a, a, a drug addict, uh, you know you can't leave the cell phone. You leave it is gone. You leave a tablet is gone. Uh, everything gets sold. Even pots get sold. Now to see for so many months with not even one item missing, ah, it's grace. You know, I said I'm going to testify more. You know, that sometimes the devil said, how long is it going to last? I said, the devil is going to last as much as God wants it to last. It's not in your power. You, because the devil will say, don't, don't glorify God. You don't know. No. If God, if God has done it, if God has done it, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. And I, I, I'm still rejoicing because it has been a battle from 1996, the early part of 1996. How many years? Uh, 26 years of a battle. 26 years of a battle. The other time I spoke to him, I said, people die, but you don't die. There is a reason why you don't die. And now I understood why. Because God wanted him to come back into the fold. And that's why I'm having a revival. You you know, brethren, some people, you know, when we speak about our family troubles, they say, don't go there. We are in a battle. Uh, I I don't like the church makeup. Oh, in the past, everything is fine. No. The devil that you fight is the devil that I fight. The devil that you fight is the devil that I fight. And you've got to see it as well in our lives. Amen. My wife and I are celebrating the 18th anniversary this morning. Yeah, that was it. God bless you. God bless you. It has been a journey, and I just want to really appreciate my wife for standing by me uh, through the journey, through the trials, through the ups and downs, ministry, uh, pitfalls. She was always there. Never even complained one time. Not even one time. And for that, I just want to appreciate it for standing by me. Brother Brenham says in marriage and divorce, you can say you are a big man, but he says, let that wife start going off the rails and you see what it does to the fellow. My ministry is based on her character. My ministry is based on her character. Without her character, I don't have a ministry. She has given my ministry credibility over the years, and that is why I want to salute you. Angiti, there's never been a time where you've been called, but my wife said this. It's character. Amen. So normally, hey, some pastor's wives, they'll become loud healers. Uzwile, pastor's wives. You know what I'm talking about. 
you, you see. So when you've got a wife that can be able to be there and know when to talk, how to talk, how to conduct herself, it gives you credibility as a minister. And for that, I salute you. Amen. And she is not just a character, she's pretty. Clothes don't make you look beautiful. You make clothes look beautiful. Lingzwile, my daughter. You that are not married, you can take it and use it later in life. Amen. So we, are, we really appreciate that. And God has been so good. Amen. Now, let's, let's go to the weight. Brother Teko, I want to see you 20 years. Sister Lauren, how many years? 30? 31. You, my daughter, 31. And Sister um, Chetty, how many? 20? 30 this year. You. Brother Philip is here. I was going to ask him, Nae, he's on the other side. <laughs> you, you know, such people that have long been married, there were challenges. Yeah. There were ups and downs. But for them to be able to have held this long, I can imagine Kune, I can imagine Naso, to be an part of have the in-laws that have been for 31 years. Uh, you, you've got such a rich legacy. Yeah. You, you can't leave your wife because your father-in-law never did it. Uh, are you with me? Yes, and we need more examples of such. Yes. I say we need more yes. examples of such. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Psalm 143. Shall we read it together? Maybe, brother, you use your software because uh, it can be visible when people are standing and then for the Bible. Just for the Bible. Brother Philip Mafagaza was a blessing last week. Brother Guerrero was a blessing last week. What a what I deem to be a grand privilege is when ministers come behind the pulpit and preach what is in their heart. Amen. Not what the pastor wants, not what the audience wants, but what the Holy Ghost wants. Amen. Are you with me? And I hope it will always be the case. Teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. 
How many have got that desire? Lead me into the land of uprightness. Because thy spirit is good and thou art my God. You know, teach me your will. Because I want you to be in your will because you are my God. And I, I can only be let into your will by your spirit because your spirit is good. And it will lead me not into the land of iniquity, but into the land of uprightness. Hallelujah. As we turn to Romans 8, verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14 to 16. Amen. Bless you, Malaka. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, They are the sons of God. Meaning the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So when you say, I'm a child of God, the Spirit has got to bear record with your spirit that you are a child of God. It's not just a, a profession. It's not just a confession, but it's a possession. Are, are you with me? The last one before I allow you to see it. John 14, verse 26. If the brothers, they, I think there's something harming here. John 14, verse 26. But uh, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring all remembrance to everything that I have taught you. But he will be a comforter because he said, I shall not leave you comfortless. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, you are our God, and thy spirit is good, and thy spirit will lead us into the land of uprightness. We have come here this morning to have a time of worship. We have paused everything just to come and acknowledge your supremacy in our lives. That without thee, we are nothing, and we depend solemnly on your grace. If there are sick people in the building, you are a healer. And you being a healer, you just don't become a healer. You are a doer of your weight. And may you touch them and make them whole. 
If there are those that have various needs, may you meet them at the point of their needs. Dear God, you are not a failure. You are an able God. Dear God, there are so many deeds that testify of your abilities, even where it seemed humanly impossible, you performed the paradoxical. Heavenly Father, I know Sister Chetty has got a request about her friend that is in the hospital. We are sending a prayer at that direction. The brain was created by you. Oxygen was created by you. The body was created by you. You are the great physician. And when you can touch a person, they will certainly be well. Dear God, we appreciate you this morning after we have read your weight. May you come and interpret your weight. Because your prophet said you are your own interpreter. As we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your seats. Just for a couple of minutes, we're going to speak on what was the Holy Ghost given for. What was the Holy Ghost given for? How many believe the Holy Ghost is important? I've come to learn that you, you cannot be a preacher without the Holy Ghost. You can not be a believer without the Holy Ghost. And you cannot even marry without the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is there as a guide. So we want to look at what was the Holy Ghost uh, given for. Now, the prophet of God in the message, the Queen of Sheba, Paragraph 45, he says, the Holy Spirit is timid. Timid, somewhat, if you go and look at it, the dictionary may say uh, shy, but in this case, the Holy Spirit is not shy, but is sensitive. The Holy Spirit is sensitive. Everything must be decently and in order for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not operate in a chaotic environment. There's God, even in your life, if your life is chaotic, the Holy Spirit cannot come and guide you. There's got to be structure, there's got to be order in your life for the Holy Spirit to come. And the only thing that can bring order is the Word of God. I say the only thing that can bring order is the word of God. And the word is what will attract the Holy Spirit. When Brother Brum says it's very sensitive, he says there's been times where he would be in the meetings and he would come and the Holy Spirit would be there. And he says as soon as the Holy Spirit detected uh, the spirit of unbelief, the spirit of unbelief, the Holy Spirit quickly left. Did you hear? Yeah. Uh, unbelief. Now, let us come to this enticing spirits as we build our foundation. He says, my, in enticing spirits, 178, he says, my, 
I feel like the rapture is just above the church. And this morning I say it is not above the church, but it's in the church. Go and look at Brother Bum says, the rapture is already in us. Say, oh, just makes it, oh, just makes me feel so good. All sins are under the blood. All sins this morning are under. All sins today are under. But, uh, you know, it's not a statement that you just say vaguely. Only confess the sins. And unconfessed sin is not under the blood. It has to be confessed in order for it to be under the blood. And once it is under the blood, it can never be retrieved. Even God himself cannot retrieve it. But when it is unconfessed, the devil is an aerial. The devil is going to target it. It's going to be an unconfessed sin becomes an aerial of attraction for demonic forces. We can pray for you for the whole night. But if that sin remains there and it's not confessed, the devil will still torment you. Are, you. are you with me, church? No. It says the Holy Spirit likes the Holy Spirit likes the weight. The weight is what the Holy Spirit feeds on. You see? The Holy Spirit feeds on? Hallelujah. So when you say you have the Holy Spirit, we check your appetite. Does it, because the Holy Spirit in you will force you to feed on the weight. You see, oh my, it comes down and gets among the people, cleanses their sins, takes away their sicknesses, takes their blues. This is the Holy Spirit doing it in the church. He says, now I'm drunk, just drunk as I can be, drunk on the Spirit, love drawing out of my heart. No matter what anybody had ever done, it's forgiven. Your bitterest enemy, it's all over. Anybody has talked or said anything, which is all gone, it's all cleansed. So the Holy Spirit is there to take away your sickness. Brother says when he says it takes you away your blues, it takes away your downtime. You know, when you feel down, the Holy Spirit comes to minister and encourages you. And it cleanses your sins that you have confessed. Hallelujah. Then it makes you to be drunk until such time that you do not have any bitterness towards somebody. No matter what the bitterest enemy says, but your heart is flowing with love because it is the Holy Spirit in the heart of the believer. Are you with me, church? Now, in this message, what is the Holy Ghost given for? Paragraph 30, he says, and it says, and in the cool of the evening, he would come down and commune with them. And he, there he lost that fellowship because sin would not let him do it. Sin will never let you have fellowship with God. Sin cuts the fellowship line. Uh, this one I need to repeat. You will never have a fellowship that thrives with God if sin is present in your life. It has to be overcome and be defeated, and it is defeated by confession. And once it has been confession, confessed, then it restores a prayer line between you and God. Then God is able to have a fellowship with you. 
And that's why Brother Bram says the only place where a believer can hide is right under the blood. Are you with me? And it says, then he was made flesh and dwelt among us in order that he could come back again to men and live in men and restore a man to a state of communion with him again and give him back his God-given right. That's what he did. He continues, paragraph 34, same message. He says, that's the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Is the Father again, God the Father dwelling in you, working out his plans to finish his plan of redemption, working through you, making you a co-worker with him, giving you a place, giving you a party for your fallen lost brother and sister, giving you his spirit and his love to go and hunt the lost as he did in the Garden of Eden. Adam, Adam, where art thou? That's what the Holy Spirit does to a man or a woman. When it strikes into their heart, it takes its abode. There is a thirst and a hungering for lost souls. Uh, Do you get it, folks? The Holy Spirit in you will have a thirst for the lost souls. That is why when you've got the Holy Ghost, because you become very sensitive, everyone that has got a Holy Ghost, they've got a burden for their loved ones. I say they've got the burden for their loved ones. You look at what sin has done to them, and in your heart you say, Lord, be merciful unto them. And somewhat you go out of your own way. You spend time on your knees. You spend time providing counsel to them because you want them to come in. Folks, the devil is very dangerous. And the devil is no one's business friend. I say the devil is no one's friend. The devil will destroy. I've seen men with ties, upright, presentable, while they are under the banner of grace. And once they leave grace, they become a shadow of themselves. And you wonder, this man was a dignified man. This man, we looked up to him. This man, his conduct. But once they have left grace, what happens, it it is heartbreaking. Are you still with me? That's why no matter what happens, never leave God. I say no matter what happens, never leave God. Are you with me? Because when you are under God's banner, there is a hedge around you. You know, the the demonic forces in the end time are out. 200 million demons. They want you to destroy. They want you to destroy your marriage. They want you to destroy you. They want you to destroy your kids. That's why this time calls for men of prayer. This time calls for men that are consecrated. Not men that are just engaged in church activities, but spiritual men at home. Spiritual men at work. Men that are sensitive to the operation of the Holy Spirit. Men that can assess the things in their families and say, hang on, maybe this thing is not supposed to be here because the Holy Spirit has ministered to my heart. It should not be here. The Holy Spirit is not a church product. The Holy Spirit is present wherever you go. Are you still with me, church? Now, let us come to this one. In the exposition of the seven church ages, this is in the church book. Church age book. 
he says the church too has departed her from what she originally was. She is a hybrid. That is the church nominal is hybrid. People say I'm a Baptist. It wasn't so in the beginning. I'm a Methodist. It wasn't so in the beginning. Instead of the straight word of God, instead of the spirit-filled men in the church who were led by spirit-given revelation, they are now creeds and bylaws and the educated guesses of educated men. Learning has taken the place of revelation. Reason has replaced faith. Program has replaced spontaneous praise in the Holy Ghost. It wasn't so from the beginning. The whole species has changed. It has become a hybrid church. When the Holy Ghost leaves the church, the church becomes a hybrid. It is just a ritualistic affair. Hallelujah. It is just a learning without revelation. It is a reasoning without faith. It's a program without, without spontaneous praise in the Holy Ghost. Today, in some assemblies, if you raise your hands and you cry and you're in the presence of God, you look like a weirdo. It is weird because they are not used to, to that. But when the Holy Ghost moves upon your heart, you are no longer in, in control. The Holy Ghost takes charge. When the Holy Ghost takes over a minister, he preaches what the Holy Ghost dictates. He can have the notes, but the Holy Spirit will say, you are not taking this. I've got this to present it to the church. Are you still with me? In the message of the restoration of the bride tree, he says, paragraph 89, he says, but the law of the Spirit of God is to force Satan to give up that which he has unrightfully, deceitfully taken from God. Do you see what the Spirit does? Do you see what the Spirit does? Souls of men he took from God. Souls of women, children, sickness of the body he placed upon people where God, where God made them in his image to be like him. The church is given the, the rightful legal rights by the Bible to take the Holy Spirit and enforce this upon him. Amen. Does this quotation sink in, folks? Amen. When a person comes and the devil has put a sickness upon an individual, Amen. we as the church, we have been given the rightful legal rights by the, by the Bible to take the Holy Spirit and enforce it upon Satan to leave that individual. Amen. Are you here, church? That means even in your family, if the holy, if the devil has taken a boat, you have the rightful legal rights by the Bible to take the Holy Spirit and enforce it. Enforce, folks, it doesn't mean that you plead. It doesn't mean that you beg. You cannot beg the devil. I say you cannot beg the devil. You cannot make the devil to understand. You cannot reason with the devil. But you've got the legal, legal rights to bring enforcement rights. Enforcement, it means you tell the devil the time when he needs it to leave. 
I say, you tell the devil the time when he needs it to leave. You, you dictate it to Satan. Satan does not dictate to you. A Holy Ghost filled believer will never be dictated to by Satan. Hallelujah. Because you've got the legal rights. And if you feel short, the church is there to reinforce you. My brother, pray for me about this situation. My sister, pray with me about this situation. And let me tell you, the devil is obligated to listen to you. I say not to God, but to listen to you. Because you're not just a born-again believer, but you are now a placed believer because you are adopted. Come on, church. Don't allow the devil to undermine you. Don't make the devil to whine about him. The devil is not a big issue. You have the power over Satan. I say you've got the power over Satan. You've got the power over your family. You've got the power over your marriage. And as a result, we've got a power over this church. Satan is a liar. I say Satan is a liar. And you are a true believer. Satan is powerless. You are powerful. Satan is defeated. You are victorious. Are you still with me, church? We have a right to enforce. (laughs) You know, when they come to... Have you ever seen these people where you find the people have built where the municipality has not approved that they should build? They call what they call the red ends. The red ends, when they come, they don't negotiate. They don't care whether you are at work. They take a bulldozer. And they run over your, your house. Yeah. They don't care how much you have built. Yeah. They don't care how long you have been there. Yeah. They don't care what is in the house. Yes. A bulldozer runs over your house yeah. to destroy it. Yeah. Are you still with me? Yeah. And I said, may we be like great ends. Yeah. If the devil has occupied certain areas, let us not wait for him to speak to him. Let us run over. Let us destroy him. Let us destroy his dwelling place. Are you here, church? How many mothers know what I'm talking about? Some of you children, you are in church this morning, not because of your choice, but because mommy ran over the devil. Hallelujah. Mommy said, not my child. Satan, not my child. You can play a part, but not on my child. Are you still with me? It's dangerous to find a woman that is very upset with the devil in prayer. Mm. It's very dangerous. Amen. Now, in the message, why is it that so? Why is it that so many Christians find it so hard to live the Christian life? Paragraph 13. Now, the church doesn't need a group of intellectuals. This I need to emphasize. The church does not need a group of intellectuals. It was never a promise of the church that it shall be led by the Einsteins. It shall be led by the Spirit. Are you with me? The church needs a birth. The church needs it to be born again. If the Holy Spirit is going to lead the church, 
then the Holy Spirit will lead the church. Not according to some ritual, but according to the Bible. So this is the rules he laid it down in the beginning. Are you with me, church? The Holy Spirit will lead the church. Not intellectuals. The church will be led by the Holy Spirit. But for that to happen, the church has got to be born again. Hallelujah. So that the church can lead the the Holy Spirit can lead the church, not according to some ritual, but according to the Bible. Are you with me this morning? Paragraph 18. Then it says, the church needs a baptism. The church needs? The church doesn't need a polishing up, a better scholar in the pulpit, a better dressed man, a better dressed congregation. Folks, sometimes people lose the purpose of why a church is there. Are are you with me? Yes, we need to dress well, but we are not coming here to show our attire. Hallelujah. Yes, we may be educated, but we are not coming here to show our education. We are coming here as a preparation to leave this earth through the rapture. That's the purpose why we come to church. It It needs a new heart. It's what the church needs. It needs the Holy Spirit. It needs that great unction that changes men and women's lives. Hallelujah. That changes men and women's lives. How God promised that he would take an old stony heart out and put a new heart in you. Then when this happens, a change has been made. Folks, if we come to church, there's got to be a change. I say when we come to church, there's got to be a change. You cannot live the way you used to live. There's got to be a change on how you live. And when the Holy Ghost is in the church, the Holy Ghost has got to change lives. Are you with me, church? I said the Holy Ghost has got to change lives. If you remain the way you are, year in, year out, you are comfortable in your sinful condition, something is wrong. Because the church has been given by given spiritual mandate to be able to help you to escape that sinful condition. But for the church to do that, it has to be led by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has got to be the one ministering behind the pulpit. And the Holy Spirit is not a respecter of any person. The Holy Spirit only respects his own weight. And the Holy Spirit will only preach his own weight. Irregardless of what happens, the Holy Spirit will always take sides with the weight of God. Are you still with me, church? And you can never change the Holy Spirit. You can never tame the Holy Spirit. You can never dictate it to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will dictate it to you. And if you are not... You're not submissive. The Holy Spirit will leave you. The Holy Spirit in this church will only remain as long as we are obedient to the way. And when the moment we become disobedient to the way, the Holy Spirit leaves. The Holy Spirit only respects the word of God. 
Not the opinion of Pastor Marie, but the word of God. Hope we are together this morning. Amen. Now, let's come to this one. Prophet in the church age book. He says, now when God is silent, we had better be silent. This is the problem with the church. Because the church has gained the political voice. Even where God is silent, the church wants to speak. The church wants to fill up. Where God is silent, they want to fill up that silent. But the prophet says, but when God is silent, we had better be silent. When he has spoken, we had better speak too. And say what he has already said. He told us the evidence or what would happen after being baptized with the Holy Ghost was that we would have the teacher come and teach all truth. But that teacher was an inside teacher. Not an outside teacher. Here is a difference. This morning as I'm teaching you, I'm an outside teacher. But unless there is an inside teacher, what I'm teaching, it will be forgotten as soon as you leave the church building. But when you've got the inside teacher, the inside teacher becomes the after speaker of the outside teacher. It's when you are home and the teacher comes and makes things that were set in church more clearer. Let me give an example. No one teaches a flower to be a flower. A flower doesn't go to education and study botany. What is happening, the life in the flower expresses itself. Are you still with me? Now, you can never teach that flower to be anything else except for the life that is in the flower. The same thing with the Holy Ghost. When he becomes an inside teacher, everything that you need to be taught, the Holy Spirit will teach you. Folks, are there times when you want to do something and the Holy Spirit says no? If it does not happen, then there is something wrong. The Holy Spirit will guide your decisions. The Holy Ghost will guide even certain relationships. The Holy Ghost will even sniff out certain things that are wrong. Are you here, church? This morning, if the church is led by the Holy Ghost, as I'm preaching here and you've got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is subjecting what I'm saying to a review. What is this man saying? Is it according to the way? If it's according to the way, you say amen. If it is not according to the way, you don't say amen. Are you here, church? A church, when it is without the Holy Ghost, it becomes a heaven of demons. I will repeat that statement. A church, when it is without the Holy Ghost, it becomes a heaven of demons. Anyone can live anyhow and they come to church and sing and get on. But when the Holy Ghost is there, my brother, the Holy Ghost will raise the standard. And the Holy Ghost will expose a sinful living. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will never coexist with sin. It will correct it and it will call it out. Are you still with me? But what is happening today? Because the Holy Ghost has left the church. Ministers come with just intellectualization. That's why they can preach you here while having girlfriends in the pews. And girlfriends become amen corners. 
dead church. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But when you are a believer, never allow that church, this church to ever come to that level. Amen. I said never allow that to come to that level. He told us the evidence of what would happen after being baptized with the Holy Ghost was that he would have the teacher come and teach all the truth. But that teacher was an inside teacher. That's why the brother that we're going to baptize, we're not going to take him through school. All we're going to do, we're going to baptize him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And once we are done, we lay hands upon him to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will have to come and indwell our brother. And once the Holy Ghost has indwelled our brother, the Holy Ghost will teach our brother all things. Amen. Here is a difference. Have you seen in recent time, you would have somebody that has been long in the message, 30, 25 years in the message, but somebody just comes yesterday, within a month, they take the shape of the weight. Amen. What is the difference? This one has been under the outside teachers has been to conventions, to services, to this and that. But this one, as soon as they come in, the inside teacher comes. And that inside teacher is with them 24-7 and say, you don't do this, you don't dress like this, you don't talk like this, you don't conduct yourself. Like it's not the deacons, it's not the pastors, it's not the church, but it's inside teacher. May God help everyone to have an inside teacher. The inside teacher will go with you to work. The inside teacher will be with you among the relatives. The inside teacher will minister to you 24 hours. And once you have the inside teacher, you can debate with him. He's timid. He will leave. Now he comes. He says, if the spirit wasn't inside you, you wouldn't hear the truth and receive it by revelation. If you heard it every moment of the wait. So the, what makes you accept the wait is the inside teacher. What brought you this morning here, I hope, is not your partner. I hope it's not to tick a box. I hope the spirit led you to church. And the prophet said, if the spirit can lead you to church, the spirit can heal you. If it can lead you to church, it can lead you to any other place where you experience wholesomeness in the presence of God. Are you with me? That was the sign of the indwelling spirit in the days of Paul. And I had much better say, not only the days of Paul, but all the days. Brother Abraham says, every time there is a revival, revival produces twins. He says, that's how it started in the Garden of Eden. It produced twins. It was Cain and Abel. Both of them, twins, it means that they've got the same mother. Hallelujah. But many times, it doesn't mean that they've got the same father. The, the medical science has discovered a woman can give birth to twins of different fathers. They've got a name for it. Are you still with me? Yeah. Now, what has happened? Then we had uh, Cain and Abel. And later, what happened? Then we had uh, uh, Isaac, uh, Jacob, and Esau. And later, we had Jesus and Judas. 
Later we had a false church and the true church. Always when there is a revival, it produces twins. But we know that the woman represents a church. Hallelujah. We know the twins both are religious. We know both of them are worshippers. But what is going to make a distinction? We've got to give them the way test. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter whether you say Jesus. It doesn't matter whether you believe the prophet messenger. But I've got to give you a way test. And what is the way test? Are you going to feed on all the whole lamb? Or are you going to feed only a certain part of the lamb? Because the lamb has got to be consumed in its entirety. I said the lamb has got to be consumed in its entirety. But some, they take the lamb and just want spare ribs. You call them ribs or lamb chops. But it had to be eaten, the whole lamb. He says, those, listen to this, those who were filled with the Holy Ghost had the weight, received it, and lived by it. Those that, had, those that were filled with the Holy Ghost received the weight, lived or had the weight, received it, and lived by it. You know, the hearing is easier, the receiving is easier, but the living. And you can't live unless the inside teacher lives the weight in you. Actually, if you try to live the gospel, you're going to fail. I say, if you live the gospel, you're going to run out of steam. But if the God who brought the gospel lives the gospel in you, I don't care what you are taken through, you will still live the gospel. Folks, there are some young people, maybe some of you are being misled. You think that they are believers because there is a church. Some of you, you think they are believers because there is a pastor and deacons. No, some young people can leave this message without a pastor being around, without a deacon being around, because they've got the inside teacher. I know a sister is married to a brother now, left and went to a boarding school for a period of five years. If not five, I think it was six. No church service where she was. No deacon, no pastor. She was the only believer at that boarding school for six years. Six years later after she was done at that school and she left and went to study at varsity, I happened to stay with one of the young men that used to be at that school. And he knew that I knew the sister and knew that we are both message believers. Listen to what the young man said. The other time we were talking about a Christian life and some of his friends said it is impossible to live a Christian life. That young man said to me, wait a minute. This man, what he's preaching, it can be lived. They said, impossible. This young man, they said, look, 
We were, I was at a boarding school with a sister that goes to his church. For six years, I observed that sister. Not even one time I ever had questions about her testimony. And if needs be that I can put my head on the block to affirm that she's a believer, I'm willing to lay down my life. This is an unbeliever. I say this is an unbeliever. The sister had no church to go to, had no decon. What made her to be a believer? It was not mommy's religion. It was not papa's religion. It was not church's religion. The inside teacher was there with her every week. But some have been preached to every week. They fall by the wayside. What's the difference? One is just under the outside teacher. One is under the outside teacher and he has got an inside teacher. Those who had the way to receive it and lived by it. Those who did not have the spirit had it only as carnal men and put a wrong interpretation on, on it and went into sin. into sin. What happened? That means they've taken the grace of God and turned it into something else. Are you with me? Hope we are together. Now he comes. He says, in exposition now, the Holy Ghost, (laughs) something that the evidence of the Holy Ghost is when I see even in the message community, some are beginning to embrace that, that is when women roll on the floor. The Holy Ghost is not an author of confusion. The Holy Ghost will never say a sister must wear modestly and make it to roll on the floor. You, do you hear me? Yeah. I'll repeat that one. The Holy Ghost will not say the sister must dress modestly and later her underneath garments are visible. Yeah. That's not the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Oh, you, you want an evidence? Yeah. Deben, when the prophet was here, he said as they were singing only believe and the Holy Ghost moved upon them, what did the natives do? He said they began to cover. They didn't roll on the floor. They began to. But why? Because the Holy Spirit is order. I hope we are together here. Many times when you find women rolling on the floor, you check, most of them are not married. It's an attention-seeking exercise. Remember, would your woman roll with underneath next to you? Yeah. One look from the husband will restore order. <laughs> but the, but let me not go there. In every age. And every age is the age of the Holy Ghost to the true believer. I say in every age, the evidence was the same. Those who had the spirit, the teacher, had the weight. And that spirit in them took the weight and taught it, revealed it to them. And they were the group that had the messenger and his message and took it. And lived it. Do you hear it, brethren? That's why the Holy Ghost will never 
undermine the messenger of the age. The Holy Ghost will always direct you to what the messenger has preached. And not only that, it will make you to take it and leave it. I hope we are together. Now, let's come to this one of perseverance. Paragraph 240. Let me show you what the Holy Ghost can do. It was in Cape Town. A brother came from another country. And when he came from another country, he had left his family back home. Now when he came into that church, he told the pastor that he was singing. And after he told the pastor he was singing, later on he got married. And had, I don't know whether it was two kids. He thought, it's my secret. He thought, I'm the one that is clever. He thought he could get away with it. One day when he was on his way to church, the family was involved in a terrible accident. The wife had died. The kids had died. The brother survived. When they wanted to load him into, onto the ambulance, he refused and said, I'm not going into the ambulance. I need to go to church. Somewhat they thought he had lost his mind, but they saw that he was adamant and they made him to sign whatever they had to sign. And he, from the accident scene, to the church, to the pastor's office, tears streaming down his cheeks and say, I'm here to confess. I've been living a lie all along. Are you with me, church? So, when, when you deal with the church of God, don't, bank, don't think people are foolish. When you live double life, don't think people are foolish. The Holy Ghost sees you. And the time is coming. Do you hear me, church? I said the Holy Ghost watches you. And the time is coming. And when that day of reckoning comes, oh brother, God have mercy on you. Don't you see it in the end time? Where people live any life, come to church, and just think a church is a toy. A church is not a toy. It's a matter of time. The message, Perseverance, paragraph 240. He said, he, and he, the Holy Ghost, sat in the church to keep the church in line with the weight. What? Apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, offices of the church, God sent, not men called. God sent, not men called. You know why he's emphasizing that God called, not men sent? Is because these men are not going to please people. These people are going to please God and God alone. God sent inspired men to keep the church lined up. 
Now, what is it? Gifts of the Spirit in the church. Not a bunch of fanaticism, because always when God raises a genuine gift, the devil comes with a counterfeit, and it produces fanaticism. And a lot of time, after we've been exposed to fanaticism, we become even skeptical about the real gifts. And the devil would have achieved his intention without you knowing it. But truly gifts of the Spirit in the church, that's right, keeping the church. If a church was, if a real church was ordained of God, really filled with the Holy Spirit, if sin would appear in the church, it would be like another Ananias and Sapphira. When a real church, I would like to walk into one. He said, I would like to walk into one. See all women and men under the power of the Holy Spirit. If somebody had done something wrong, the Holy Spirit will rise right up and reveal it. They would have to clean up. That's the gifts of the Spirit in the church. Oh God, send us a church like that. Send us one like that. You believe it? I believe it 100%. Young men, hear me and hear me very well. This message, we have lived and preached this message for a number of years. We have lived it before our skeptics. And our testimony can never be marred by you that came late. I say our testimony can never be spoiled by you that just came recently. We have been long in the journey and we have raised this banner of the message for a long time and it's not going to drop because you came late. Are you hearing me, young man? It's not going to drop because maybe they're afraid of mommy or daddy. No, sir. The standard has got to be maintained because there are people that have given all their all to leave this message. Imagine 30 years later after you have lived this message, there's just a young rascal in church spoiling young girls and nobody says anything because they are afraid of daddy. Nonsense! You hear me and hear me very well. The church has got to be kept clean. God has sent men, not men send men. God sent men to live upright lives. Are you with me? Amen. I remember many years back, right in the message, I got very upset. Actually, I'm very upset. Amen. You know, the yesteryear being upset reminds me of now. Amen. And there is a man that I want to confront. And I've been warned that it may cost my life, but I don't care. This man was an elder in the message. Served many years. His wife is still around. But from time to time, he comes to message churches. He's a very well-renowned politician. He comes from message churches to hunt young girls to spoil them. I spent time, I think, almost four hours with another one telling me how it happened. And I'm like, I've got to confront this guy. She said, 
he will kill you. I say, I don't care. It has to be corrected. This man was an elder in church for a number of years. He, he's the same age as the likes of Pastor Mogobi. But he still comes to pray upon young girls. You know why? He's sitting there giggling with politicians. There is nothing there. If we need young ones, we hunt a church. Church, you must never compromise. If somebody is not living right among you, kick him out. You have hurt me. I say you have hurt me. And that man, I will confront him at the right time. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. The Holy Spirit, when it recharges you, I'll give you testimony. The other time, a sister married that thought she was clever, was not living right. And her child was admitted into the hospital. I went to go and check on her. I walked into the ward, checked on the baby, and the mother, her mother-in-law was there. Then I said, where is she? They said, no. She said she quickly went home to grab something. Then I went out of the hospital into my car. I see her car going into the parking lot. I see her moving into, into the hospital. As soon as she walked into the hospital, I see her car driving out. Logically, I think it is getting stolen. What do I do? I follow it. It's at night, it's 10 o'clock in the evening. I follow it. We come to the robot and win my window. I say, hey, I need this car. We drive until we caught up somewhere in Lefontaine at a filling station. And I grabbed the keys. And I said, this car, I know it. And but you, I don't know you. So I will keep the car. The petrol attendants were amazed. What is happening? I took it, the car. He had to walk. Then I had two cars. Then I phoned a Duke and I said, I've got two cars. Come and help me. Hallelujah. It only dawned on me the following day that what if he had killed me? But I realized that at that time it was no longer Pastor Madiba. It was now the Holy Ghost that said, no matter what, I need to intervene. Because the Holy Ghost is bold. So no one can say, they will kill you. For what? Never. Let's read this quotation. Do you see how the church has got to be clean? What it takes to overcome all unbelief. Paragraph 15. Then these other nine different spiritual gifts should be operating in the church to keep the church clean. Like the Ananias and Sapphira and so forth. The spirit of God rise up and call somebody out. And tell them they are living wrong. And rebuke that sin openly. That's what the Holy Spirit is in the church for. To keep the church clean and ready for the coming of the Lord. Brother says, 
Brother Bram says, you know what's happening today? Such quotations have been removed in the message literature because message believers say, we are not for that. Let's just talk about this. No, it has to be the whole lamb. That's why you've got two people, the people that are intellectually competitive on the way, but lives don't back up what they are saying. Now, when this I need to make it clear. If I say brother brother Dipadi will preach, brother Mutabu uh, will preach, and brother Burero will preach, how I decide is not because I'm sitting with a coin at home and flip a coin. I pray. Lord, this Sunday, next Sunday, what do you want to say to the church? Sometimes the Lord will say, I don't have the message for you. But Brother Swainso will have the message for the church. Did you hear me? Not all times I've got the message, folks. Not all times I have the message. There are times where I read and I think I've got the message only to realize, ah, this one, it was just my message at home. When God wants to speak behind this pulpit, he dictates. Sometimes he tells me as a pastor that it will not be you. You sit down, I need to speak, and I will use Brother Mafagaza to preach. And I need to be sensitive to the operation of the Holy Ghost. Are you here, church? I don't preach to brother, I don't say brother Mafagas, I preach because I want to impress him. No, say it is the Holy Spirit. And if I ever come and decide that brother Mafagas will not preach for a year, it's still the Holy Ghost. Are you still with me? The Holy Ghost makes the decisions. And when I don't make him preach, it's not because I punish him. Are you still with me? I hope we are together here. Why am I saying this? The other time, there's a, a brother that I stopped you to do something in here in church some time back. And another young man phones me. He said, hey, Pastor, I wanted to see this man, uh, but I couldn't see him. I said, why? He said, no, I needed to have a meeting with him. I said, why? He said, because I don't see him doing one, two, three. So I thought he was being sabotaged in church. I, then I listened to this young man. That as a pastor, if you don't see somebody do, if you, as a believer, young man, you don't see somebody doing something, you just decide that the pastor just woke up to sabotage a man. Then I'll, this one I will speak in spirit. In English, I realize it's too forward. Because I, I, me, I'm fixing the young man. I need certain things to be in order. Him, he doesn't care how it is. This is what he must do. Nonsense. Did you hear me? If you, if I, when I, when I give anyone to preach in this church, you must know I've got 100% confidence in them. If I've got a slightest doubt, they will not preach. 
And if the preacher needs to fix something, I normally sit down with the preacher. Maybe he has missed not handling a certain believer well. I will call them and say, brother, before we go there, let's have a meeting. Let's fix this. You cannot minister while this thing is pending. Do you hear it? Do you, do you hear? And when I allow people to preach, even deacons have got no say over that. It's my own pastoral prerogative. If I can decide that one brother must preach three weeks in a row, it's my prerogative. Do you hear me? And if I want to call a prayer week for the church. I don't need permission. If God tells me the church needs to go into a week long of prayer, I don't need a meeting to ask, can we have it? No. We do it. Why? Because I I feel led that it must be done. Are you hearing me, folks? If I call brothers for prayer meeting, I don't need permission from anyone. It's my pastoral prerogative. Can I get an amen on that one? Church order. And the board doesn't lead the church with me. They help me lead the church. Did you hear me? Church order, paragraph 63. And now to the pastor. To our brother Neville at this time. Remember, he is the full head of the church. The pastor is? But today I see pastors is not a full head. It's just a puppet of the church. They're just... Folks, I've been in the message for a long time. I've been in the message... For a long time, I've observed, I've seen things, I've fought battles, I knew. Remember, he is the full head of the church. Brother Neville has a right to exercise any authority that the Holy Spirit would. Anything the Holy Spirit would tell him to say, in other ways, in the, in the church, he has the right to anything that God would lead him to do. Amen. He also has the right over his deacon board. He can change the deacon board. The trustee or pianist or any. I can decide next week, led by the Holy Spirit, say, Brother Fred, you are no longer on the bass guitar. You will play second key. You are not going to say, he doesn't know music. This is not a music school, this is a church. Led by the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? Or any other office in the church that he desires to change. Feeling, remember, feeling led, not by his wife. Uh, hear me and hear me very well. 
It doesn't mean if my wife begins to dislike Brother Freddy, then all of a sudden we move Brother Freddy. That is not the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That is the leadership of the pillow talk. And a church is not led by the pillow talk. The church is led by the Holy Ghost. Even if I can tell Brother Burrera come and preach, and he preaches something that my wife doesn't like, and she says, I don't like it. Guess what? He's coming again. Because my wife is not the Holy Ghost. My children are not the Holy Ghost. There is the Holy Ghost in church. He can change. You, you know why? Maybe somebody sits in there and say, Ah, but it will dictate. No. At the day of judgment, when God says, Mommy, Lord, it's have a necker. Pastor must come and account. Who goes? Pastor Ngodimi must go. Bible, tabernacle, the pastor must Who goes? Brother Beckett. Lighthouse, who goes? I won't say, hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> I, I have got to come and account for every decision that I've ever taken. Hey, I will not say, but, hey, this is your time. No! The pastor must come and account. This is how people lived in your church. This is what you were preaching. This is how you let it go. And you are accountable. The pastor is accountable. Did you hear me and hear me very well? And even money will never control us. We are rugged men. We can live on soda crackers. Other young men, as soon as they increase money at work, they think I'm the boss at church. Okay. Who will let's communicate you with your latest car model? And you will not believe it. You see those, those, those old women, Sister Madi, Sister Maseko, Sister Malaza. This, I've got more respect for those me, women than some of this young gang. They, they, they may not have money, but they've got character. They may not have position, but they've got service. Are you with me? And I know such they are not here to play. Some can be here and say music. They are not here for music. Because they know at any time we may be called. We are there to make our lives right. Hallelujah. And I can never allow the standard of worship in church to drop. To accommodate a young rugged man. Never. You live right or you leave us. Did you hear me? Yes. Your talent will never, be, will never be slave of your talent. Yes. If the vessel is not clean, yes. we don't care about the talent. Yes. You have to live right. Yes. 
feeling led. Folks, if you, one thing that you'll battle with me is to make me hate somebody. After you have come and you have expressed your hatred for somebody, you'll see me having coffee with them. Amen. And you're going to have a heart attack. I hate, I disagree. Mark my words. When I disagree, you'll know I disagree. But hatred, never. Yeah. After I've disagreed with a man, I'm the one that will tell you, hey, tell him we can have coffee. Yeah. Because that's a Christian attitude. Yeah. Do you hear me? Yeah. Feeling led by the Holy When you are a pastor, And I'm here sharing you with things. There's a sister that came to church. And she, she had backslidden and wanted to come to church. And said, Pastor, I'm here. I need to worship. Then I said, Sister, God bless you. Let's get on, Mzalawan. After a while, a few times, she went back. After a while, she came back and said, Pastor... Uh, now I'm ready. I say, let's carry on, Mzalwan. After she went back, then she came back. After she went back, she came back. For the seventh time when she came and said, Pastor, I'm ready to worship God. I tell another deacon, I say, hey, this sister is now ready to worship God. The deacon says, we are not here to play. She must not come here. I say, you are not a pastor. You are meant to arrest people. Yeah. Me, I'm a judge. Amen. She will come and worship. Guess what? She came and has never gone back. Amen. After how many times? After how many? Had I listened to that man saying, I will because I knew that I'm fighting against the devil. And every time she goes back and she comes back, I rejoice and say, the devil, now it's my turn. Yeah. Then the devil later takes her and say, it's my turn. But I knew at some point in time, yeah. I'm going to bring her into the fold. Yeah. Led by the Holy Ghost. As a pastor, I make many decisions. And people take chances. A couple called me some other time, some years back, and they sat me down. And the wife was offended that, yeah, in church, sister so-and-so offended me. So I think she must leave church. I was sitting there on the couch. I said, whoever got the revelation that one must leave church, that one must act upon that revelation. That sister didn't get a revelation that she must leave church. You, because you got the revelation that you, she must leave church, somebody must leave church, our advice, let it be you. Let it be you that leaves. And they left, and then came and announced, I said, they are gone. Why? People take chances. People? But God is God. Yes. Do you hear me? Yes. 
Let's read here. Brother Ron says, or change any office that he desires to change, feeling led by the Holy Spirit to do so. Yes. Uh, let me pause here and bring something. I told the trustees, we are going to build the church. No one is going to be under pressure. Trustees are not going to be under pressure. No believer is not going to be under pressure. If it is God's will, And in one assembly, and I told one, I said, this brother comes, he says, we want to build the church, but we want believers, they must submit their salary advices so that we must check how much they earn, that what they give to the church is really honest. Meanwhile, this brother, he's working for an insurance. He was looking for customers. So that when they submit, he's got records. This one ends so much, I can approach them with life policy or what? In the church of God. I like Brother Barrero confirmed it when he was preaching here and said, We are not going to say, Hey, you, you, no. Do you remember he preached? I never told him. I was sitting there and said, God, you're confirming my stance. That it is the right stance. We will build that church without asking, say, hey, you, no. God will make a way. God will. And I know he will make a way. We will dedicate it this year. New building. And, and nobody is going to feel under pressure that at church, they say they want the 1,000. Never. Never. If it ever gets to that, we leave it. And we're not going to come every Sunday and talk about money. No. We preach the weight. Did you hear me, folks? And maybe just to share with you, tithes are not for the building. You know that is the quotation. Tithes are not. But I have taken the tithes. I have put the tithes into the building. Being held in, to manage it by the trustees. I take a salary. The rest we are putting it back into the church. That's why we are able to pay for this building. And we are able to put money aside to build. Because we are not squandering money. Because a real shepherd will have a burden for the sheep. Yeah. Do you hear me? Yes, what use that I drive the latest M class, but the condition is not right for the believers? No, no, no. And we have, we have always taken care of our people. There are funerals that we paid for. Amen. There are medical costs that we paid for. Amen. There are school fees that we pay. Do you see how small we are? But we have done that. 
we take care of our widows. Yes, Are you with me? Yes, and you, you brothers must remember, the, the, we are coming to time where we can say, brothers, next Sunday, we all need you at uh, Sister Swenson's house. We're going to go and paint her house. Amen. Because why? These are our people. Are, are we together? We are not the Lutherans where we just park the cars and leave. We are a family. I need to know where you, you stay. I need to know where you sleep. I need to know when you have not eaten. And we need to make a plan that you find something to eat. If somebody wants something to eat, we don't say we'll pray for you. It's avoiding responsibility. I need to get into the car and get grocery for you. Are you here, church? Brother Brown says, whatever he does, I will recognize it. And he, I believe him to be a godly man. I will recognize it to be the Lord and will sanction the same. Therefore, it gives him the authority than to operate the church the way if I say I don't want a certain type of music, it's not because I hate anyone. I, I just say this song will not be for, I, like, I like how Brother Livingstone the other time they were singing this song then the, the pastor said, this song. Well, it doesn't mean anything. It was not meaning anything for his church. And he's got the right to decide that this is not allowed. Because why? He will be responsible. I will. That's why I say, you don't come here and say, ah, but at that church. No, we are not at that church. We are this church. Are you with me? And I know it makes people very offended when I say, if you leave your wife and you come with a new one here, I will reject it. This one, I will preach it until I die. Let me not go there. But the church has got to be led by Spirit of God. Not human desires, not human likes, by the Spirit of God. And even ministers in this church, when they preach, they must feel led to preach their conviction. Because that's what makes the church to be solid. If they see something wrong and the Holy Spirit say, call it out, call it out. Don't be afraid. Call it out. Or if you are not and you see it and you don't call it out, then you are not a preacher. You are a man pleaser. Last quotation before I release you. Who is this Melchizedek? Paragraph 71. But look, when this body receives the spirit of God, 
the immortal life inside of you, it throws this body in subjection to So you cannot be in subjection to God until the immortal spirit comes to indwell you. In closing, let us be sensitive to the operation of the Holy Spirit. And let us pray and be a prayer-driven church. And let the Holy Ghost come. If something is wrong, let the Holy Ghost fix it. Let the Holy Ghost flow and put things in their positions. And then you will see the sick will come and will be healed. Those that have got a a heavy laden, their parents will become lighter. The Holy Spirit will move upon the church. And where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. That's what we need as an assembly. And that's what the Holy Ghost was given for. God bless you, church. Let's stand and just worship and wrap up. This suit was bought by a family that was generous. The pastor here is a suit. Amen. You see, it looks presidential now. Amen. So we appreciate the Lord. Let's sing. Let's sing. God bless you, Kuni.
love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Rakuni, as we wrap up in prayer. Brother Mshavi, if you can come and close in prayer for us. Amen. We love you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. How many adore him in the building? Father, how you came this morning to come and speak to us. 
is like the song says, there is none like you, to God. There is no other God like you, Father. Because yes, you are the only God, yes. you are the almighty God. There are other gods, Father, who have tried, Father, to be gods. But each and every time, Father, they come beside you, mm. they stand no chance. Exactly. There was a time, Father, when they took the ark of the living God and the Philistines, Father, they captured it, put it in one of their temples beside their God who is Dagon. When they came in, Father, this morning, they found Dagon, Dagon on her feet, worshipping you. And they said, no, maybe there's a problem. They put him up again. And then the next morning when they came, Dagon's head, his arms were broken. To show you, Father, there's no other God that can sit beside you. Because you are the almighty living God. And at this morning, Father, we'd like to thank you for your presence. Because this morning, Father, it's like Paul said in, in his, the scriptures that, Father, you've set us in heavenly places yes. in Christ this morning. It's like even when that time, when the Israelites, Father, were there in Mount Sinai. Uh, the, when you came down on that mountain and sat on that mountain, Father, uh, Moses went in into that mountain, and when he went into that mountain, the, 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 the prophet teaches us, Father, that the whole heaven came upon that mountain. That there was thundering, there was lightning, mm. because Father, when we are here, Father, wherever you are, is a fearful place. There is no sin, Father, that can come to that place. That, that is why you even instructed the children of Israel that they must come in their best clothes. Mm. They must come clean their clothes when they come next to that mountain, Father, because it was a heavenly place. And at this morning, Father, we've come, this morning, Father, you've made this place a heavenly place. That is why, Father, we say that heaven has come down, for because you've came and spoke to us, because nobody else can come and speak to us this way except you. And we know, Father, wherever you are, that is where heaven is. That is why this morning, Father, while we are here, Father, it, it comes upon us. It is bestowed upon us, Father, that we must come and clean our acts. Because, Father, you, as the, we've been taught this morning, the Holy Spirit is timid. It does not want to be disturbed. When we say it is timid, it is sensitive. It does not want anything whatsoever to be beside it. That is why, Father, we send for others as sickly, not uh, their problems not taken care of because they do not come and confess their sin. Mm -hmm. That is why this morning, Father, we say if there is healing, we must come and confess our that healing. Thing. If we want salvation, we must come and confess our sin. Because whenever we come to you, Father, you've never disappointed us. Amen. Each and every time we've come, asked you for, for something, Father, you've came and granted it unto us. That, that is why the only thing, Father, we come, we need to come and respect you, have respect for your order, have respect for what you've put in place, Hallelujah. for the gifts you've put in the church, for the head of the church that you put in here, mm. even the Holy Spirit itself, Father. Exactly. That is why this morning you are here, Father. May you come, come each and into each and every one of our hearts. Search us. Mm. If there's any compartment in our heart, Father, which we've put our own things, not you, Father. May you please take it exactly. out. May we not live a compartmentalized life yes. whereby we, one day we are this, the next time we are this. Mm. May we come and be the whole Christians all the time. That is why, Father, the word says that we must come and eat the whole sheep, yes. not part of it. Because you don't want us to be part Christians, part world at one time. You want us to be your children all the time. So that wherever we are, Father, we may profess, our life might be the profession, not our mouths. We might come and live this word. Because this word has been given to us, to us Father, to come and live and to show. 
And we come to, for, to you've given us the word to be the guardians of that word. That is why, Father, your word comes out, says, Father, we are the benefactors. But the only way for us to be benefactors is if we follow the duties of, or if we follow the word and do the duties that we're supposed to do. We pray, believe in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, may you please also bless the pastor. Let it be so, Father. Virtue has come out of him. And may you please, Father, also, so that the next time, Father, when he is in his study studying, may you please reveal him more unto him, Father, so that we may come and benefit. Mm-hmm. Because the only time we may benefit is if you come and speak to us. So if you can come and speak to, to, to us through him. We pray, believe in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that each and every person who managed to come here, may you please bless them. And even those who, are not, who did not manage to come, bless them as well. We so. pray, believe in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, giving this service unto you, back unto you, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you richly. Let's just say, Lord, lift me higher. I'm praising on the upward way.
now. No one, uh, was it Caleb, say, give me my mountains. The prophet in the message of total deliverance, paragraph 49, says, just like you, you are a Christian, and God doesn't make any half Christians, halfway Christian. God makes complete Christians. God doesn't make halfway preachers. But the preacher can be halfway. And God makes his children Christians. But sometimes they are halfway. But it's not God's intention for them to be that way. It's their own ways. God mixed up with the plan of God for their life. That's what makes them the way they are. God don't want them to be halfway Christians or halfway preachers compromising on either side he wants them to completely stand in the bridge have you ever stopped and looked where you come from have you ever stopped and looked if you look you'll analyze your life there will always be Aish. that was a close call Aish. and then he almost took me out Aish. but God was there protecting you throughout the journey God was protecting you throughout the journey folks there are foods that you ate that should have killed you I said there are food that you ate that should have killed you. But somewhat you ate. And here you are still. Somebody somewhere is wondering, how did he eat that and survive? Brother, what God has taken us through now. Things that we saw and things that we did not see. Dangers that were apparent and dangers that were invisible. Oh, the snares that we were untangled from. The sicknesses that we overcame. Ah, brother, I can go on and on. You. Today, when I'm trying to make it bigger, I move. We are wondering. Let's, let's sing it.
If I get tired along the way, he gives me power to press on. <laughs> but how many in the building where the devil put you on the deathbed? 
and he thought he was done with you. But along the way, God gave you power to press on. And here you are standing this afternoon. Oh, yes. for us. Amen. Amen. Just give us a, a dismissal song till we see you on Sunday and have a blessed week. Amen. Keep on praying for one another. A church engine is a prayer. When you pray, you get fired up.
Amen. Is there a song, Kuni? Oh, him little Linda.
making it difficult for me to leave the platform. You know what makes my heart rejoice? When you say it has power, when I see people in the audience, some were sick, and now they are back on their feet. So when they say in a month, I know it's not just a, 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 a confession. People possess what they are confessing. Let a man live again. Him lead on Ah, brother. You. Ah, we thank God. Ah, we thank God. Mara, if we're not worshipping this, sisters, because you remember, they say blood, blood pressure was above in the, in the 200s. Yeah. Doctors were there. He says they were running like cockroaches around her. But she was still say, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm f- Why? Because in a man, yeah. you bleed. Yeah. Uh, Stamasam, yeah. you were sick. Sick, sick. But here you are. Yeah. You know, a, a greatest testimony, when she was sick, at work she became the best performer. Yeah. When she was sick, at work, she became the best performer. Guys, it's, par- it's a paradox. Her colleagues the who are well, targets are low. But she's sick, flying. It was Jesus failing me. Ah, this, this God, I can preach about him all night. Because he's a doer. You just commit to him. You just be loyal to him. You just serve him and see what you will do. It will just boggle your mind. You know, Kuna, I'm thinking we need to do our war cry. You know, you know, Tina Masi Yenza, Amadimoni, hey, they scatter. You know, war cry is what the enemy hears before they see you. The ground is already shaking. That, that's our war cry. The devil is a liar. Mm. Yeah. 
Jamila, Jamila, yo. 